No intelligent idea can gain general acceptance unless some stupidity is mixed in with it. That was our Monday thought for, uh, for the day, December 19th, 2022, by Fernando Pessoa. The author of the Book of Disquiet and also one of the leading poets of Portugal. This is This Week in Common Sense, the weekend podcast of Paul Jacob, where he talks about the stories of the week that have appeared at Common Sense with Paul Jacob at thisiscommonsense.org. This week, we'll talk about one piece. You know, disquiet is like such a great word, such a neat word. It's fun to say. It sounds kind of sort of like you would expect that word to sound. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I no. really like it. And that's my, like an exclamation point. Yeah, yeah, that's my cat. Uh, so there might be random noises coming from my keyboard as, as she jumps around. I'm afraid I can't do anything about it. Should we charge people extra for that? I mean, that's I not, uh, that's I'm not like giving a, bigger, them a very good, better deal. Yeah, I'm not giving them a very good view of her, though. She's nosing around trying to figure out something to do. The problem is I have a lot of things in my office that are cat toys. I don't see their... anything, Tim. I don't see yeah. anything. What, what kind of things are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I have right next to my, I can, let's see. The whole wall behind you, of course, is is things, books and it, other things. So there's my, there's my uh, synthesizer wow. and a bunch of cables. You have patch cables. And, uh, and she likes the patch cables. And I try to disabuse her of the pleasures of the patch cables. But she's still looking at them. She's looking right at them. Yes. Yeah. They're trouble. Cats are trouble. Yes. They're not unlike kids who like to do that kind of stuff every now and then, too. Yes. Yes. And who have kind of maybe the same level of respect and no respect for adults as, as do cats. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're um, unlike dogs, they don't have much of a sense of a territory in the same way that human beings do. You know, they yeah, they just don't they don't accept our ideas of property. Yes. My dog is is very conscious of, of his idea of property, which is very similar to mine. Yeah. But uh but the cats, they don't really care. Yeah, I think that's right. Hey, we're we're gonna talk a little bit about uh being Twitter pated by the feds. That was one of the pieces this week, but we're we're gonna just talk about what's been going on with Twitter, Elon Musk's uh releasing of this material to Matt Taibbi and uh Barry Weiss and uh um most recently Lee Fang but also right. uh the guys whose name I just forgot uh that that guy uh Schellenberger yes yes and and I think you know there's been I, I want to get into you know, the fact that it, there doesn't seem to be the pickup in the mainstream media and on the left that you would hope, because that was that was the part of the left I liked and always liked. And uh, they don't seem to understand what's going on or, or to oppose it if they do understand it and uh, and that sort of problem. But you, and I don't know if you, you put this piece up on your blog post or not, or on your blog, um, but you had talked to me about the idea of 
this is regulatory capture turned on its head, sort of. It's not the big, you know, big titans of industry, in this case, big tech, capturing the deep state and the FBI and others. It's the government reaching out, the deep state, and capturing these, uh, these enterprises that are powerful and, and working together collusion. And it smacks of fascism, Nazism, and, and, and I haven't heard anyone else, uh, uh, you know, make that, make that point. Of course, you know, most of the media, Tim, you know, you got an advantage because most of the media is just trying not to pay attention at all. Yeah, so. it's, it's an astounding thing that their lack of interest in the story. Uh, part of it, I, I don't think they like it when they have to recognize their successes. I mean, the left likes to pretend they're always beleaguered by the evil rightists, you know, the right wingers who are ruling the world, all the rich right wingers ruling the world. And we have to always be, they're always the victims of this group, this, you know, vast right wing conspiracy. So when they have basically are in charge of, and it's the center left is basically in charge of half the deep state, as far as we can tell. And, you know, a lot of the administrative state otherwise. That's a that's an important thing. And I don't think they want to, I don't think they like to be reminded of it because they don't like to be in the conservative position. This is my whole theory of politics, you know, is that, uh, is that I think it's a conservative position to shore up your power, right? Because you're conserving your power. Right, that's exactly right. So, and that's an, essentially a right-winging kind of thing to be. But as soon as the left wing gets into power, they have to do right-wingy things. So that's one of the reasons left and right, I don't think ever mean what we think they mean, right. because- Or left, no, <laughs> correct. No, yeah, I, I, mean, I think that I think the, I think you're very right about that, or, or correct. Um, I think on this, but in general, they're pro big corporation now. The Ralph Nader kind of warrior against big concentrations of private power. Now it's are they private concentrations of private uh, of of power that help our party, or are they not? And if they're not, then they're evil and could be, you know, torn apart and should be stomped on and never traded with or dealt with. If they are, then they're wonderful. And it doesn't matter really what they do. And, you know, that's it's. And, it, and of course, we've just been through a number of years, really six after Trump's victory, where, you know, we're constantly hearing how can how can Republicans put up with what's become of them and how different they are than before? And yet the change in the party, not that Trump isn't a, uh, a strange character, an acerbic personality, a, a arrogant kind of jerk in all kinds of ways is, is how I view him on a personality basis. But he is pushing issues and connecting on things that excite the Republican base because he's doing stuff that nobody else did. And he could come to election day and tell Republicans, I'm the first guy who's ever followed any of their promises with you guys. And it's gospel truth. And so the media, he's a liar. He's lied 57,000 times, but they don't say George W. Bush is a liar. 
But he said, read my lips, no new taxes, and then hiked up taxes. And, and so it, the, the change in the Republican Party, not that and this isn't to say, oh, Trump's the greatest guy in the world. I don't want him to run again. And uh, I appreciate some of the things he did, many of the things. Um, but, but we've been there, done that. We, we move on. But, but this idea that somehow Republicans have had to swallow a whole lot, they've had to swallow personality which I think is not that hard to swallow because you don't have to hang out with a the guy. They haven't had to swallow it like they have for decade after decade, even when they won elections, they haven't had to swallow it on policy. And when, you, when I think of the left, I think of them changing on things like big corporations are now good and squelching speech is now good. And, and I, I recognize, you know, we're, we're all self-centric. And those are the parts of the left that I liked. I always have liked since I was a wee little kid. And, and, and so maybe it upsets me more, but I see the left having to swallow it on stuff like that. And my fear really is that it's not hard to swallow, that they're not having the difficulty gobbling up the idea of FBI and CIA collusion with big social media platforms so that they can control what the American people can say and what they can hear about. And if that doesn't trouble you, I just don't know what is going through your head. It's an amazing thing what they've uh, managed to do. You know, I was uh, in the George W. Bush administration. I actually blogged with a number of leftists against the wars. And there was a there was an anti-war movement at that time, but as you know, that anti-war movement fizzled amazingly and quickly as soon as Obama got elected. And it appears that the problem with the left is that they don't really have any principles against war. They just don't like wars that their political enemies start or support, and they really like the wars that their people start and support or whatever. The eighth set of revelations, uh, you know, from these uh, Twitter files that you write about on Thursday, uh, that's the one that deals with the Pentagon. You know, one through seven were all about the partisan nature of the government takeover of Twitter and, by implication, other social media companies, uh, which I think we'll find out pretty detailed information probably in the next year. I'm yes. kind of hoping that's what's going to happen. But uh, and we, you wrote about. Unfortunately, uh, the Republican House uh, is going to be in charge of it, so so it's a little bit like. Uh, hopefully, we'll find out. You know, hopefully they can be diligent and smart and get to that. But yes, this eighth one, uh, which Lee Fang, uh, you know, curated curated the the Twitter files, uh, and that was about the Pentagon, and it's not a, really a, so much partisan as just the extent to which these major this major company, this Twitter, uh, collaborated with the Pentagon overseas to propagandize people elsewhere. Yes. And and how extensive that was working with the Pentagon. You would think that would be the one that leftists would have the most trouble with because the one through seven was all about their team getting ahead through nefarious means. But what about uh, what about the other way of looking at that? Right. What about what does the, the, the military industrial complex writ large and but they the whole hum on that too yeah we haven't really dealt with that i mean you haven't written about that at, at any length i don't know very much i haven't read thoroughly lee fang's stuff 
I mean, I've only, I, I only skimmed it. I don't know about you, but I, I only had a chance to skim the Lee Fang business. And in fact, a lot of this stuff I have not read carefully enough, but I got the gist. I, don't we, I mean, if, if you know the story, yes. you've got the gist now. And I think there's some key things to remember. And, and of course, if people, you know, <laughs> everybody, both of you who, you know, have seen all of these different uh, discussions we've had, we have brought up again and again, wait a second, this isn't just a private business doing what the government might want them to do. It isn't just a matter of them calling and going, oh, this is a big problem. Here's our argument to you for why you should do this. This is money changing hands, we now know. Millions of dollars given to Twitter by the FBI. This is, this is collusion in a huge way. And, and we see the inner workings of Twitter, too, and see that it was a rotten, horrible culture. Now, you're, you're uh, in terms of just being partisan political, I don't mean they were, you know, said horrible things or anything else. They, they wanted to run Twitter to help Democrats and hurt Republicans. That's the bottom line. And they shadow banned candidates and highlighted other candidates. Now, in newspapers, they get to write stuff about some candidates that's very favorable and not write about others. They've got a press exemption. We we ought to, you know, I was about to say we should either extend those, uh, you know, exemptions and freedoms to everybody or not give them to the press. But that's not the choice I want because some people may say, oh, good. Yeah, let's take them away from everybody. We have to restore them to everyone. And no one who is free to speak out is allowed to receive subsidies or threats from the government. And what we see, we've, we knew it before, we've seen it in the paper, we've seen it for years, threats, we're going to go after you, you better do this, you better police your thing, we want you to police it this way, uh, we're going to write laws that give you protections if you do it this way or that way. Um, and we see huge amounts of money changing hands. Um, and we see the, the, you know, the Twitter had its own FBI uh, group within the company communicating with the FBI elsewhere. That's, you know, this is, it's so scary. And I'm, I see more and more people around the world and people throughout the US it was a, a couple of years ago, I think, that in, in either discussions or on this podcast or whatever, that you and I were talking about how, you know, the problem isn't bad China with the CCP and good U.S., you know, if they, they can just get their stuff together to, uh, to go be the good guys. Our guys aren't good guys. Their guys are as bad as everybody says. Our guys are not good guys. Our guys want to be them. And more and more regular folks, I bump into people, they're here, there, you have a cup of coffee, you have a meeting, and someone says, you know, the problem is our politicians want to be them. And, and their people want to be us. Now, they may not know how bad it's gotten here, but they still want to be us. And, and that's why, you know, we need, we need in this new year, uh, we need more and more people to get together as people and find some way to get organized and fight back against these jerks 
who think they get to build a world in which you are a robot, or you might as well be, because you're going to be told what to do by some screen or AI, or your door's not going to open if you did anything they don't like, your car's not going to go where you want it to go, it's going to go where they want it to go. I think I'll change lanes. No, you won't. Um, this is this is the world we're headed to, not just in China, but in the United States of America. And and uh, some people, well, we got to get our stuff together first. You know what? We can't let the entire world be destroyed. We got to do it all. We got to walk and chew gum. How about freedom around the world all of the time, 24-7, human rights, basic human rights. I'm not talking about a perfectly libertarian society on the hill. I'm talking about basic human rights. People who have those, we need to protect them and we need to link up with each other in our country and outside of our country and realize that we can't trust any of our politicians more than about that far away from our grasp and notice how my grasp is. So that's, I was kind of choking someone yeah. not that I would ever do that, but there are deserving people uh, in Washington, D.C. with a lot of power. You've liked the term Chinazi for a long time, and I think we discussed it, discussed it even recently, that Chinazi is kind of an apt term when you consider how Twitter was managed by the federal government. I mean, not only was the FBI in it, that is a government running, in a sense, running a company, according yes. to the, but it was also a factional thing. It wasn't the government in the public interest, you know, according to the Constitution of the United States running it. It was a partisan and very uh, narrow view of what, you know, of, of, of what people should say and do and believe. So an it was extra, propagandistic. Yes. And an extra legal thing. And it was the, I mean, in China, these, you, you have a big company and you're going places Well, you're going, if you're going places, you're going to have a couple of communist party members come show up and say, yeah, I was just uh, told that you wanted me to be your uh, vice president of operations or whatever. The, the, this is the communist party is 90 million people in China out of or not 90. Yes. 90 million out of 1.4 billion. So it is an aristocracy and it is, it's much like the Nazis. It's a group that we're the party and we say what goes and yeah, you start the business and you, you bring home the profits, but it, the day they tell you, oh, don't take the profits home, bring them here. Now, you know that you better do that or you're dead. And, and, and of course they know what you're doing because they've told you you're gonna be taking this person into the company and this person into the company who are communist party members. That's why they get to be rich and be in there. And of course, as we know, I don't know if they're communist party members, but in Xinjiang, uh, the Uyghurs, if they aren't behaving the way some, you know, powerful person uh, who happens to be a member of the communist party is a Han Chinese says they will move Han Chinese folks into their home. So it's like, you know, if, if you weren't upset by a society in which the government tells people how many children they can have, and if they have more, kills that child in front of the parents, perhaps, uh, that's been, you know, alleged again and again and again. Um, that's, you know, that's just incredible. Now they think it's okay to put 
you know, uh, somebody else in your home. And, and of course, you know, most people will not have any idea what the Third Amendment, uh, you know, the Bill of Rights is Ten Amendments. The Third asks people, hey, what's the Third Amendment? Um, and they won't know, but it's quartering soldiers in people's homes, which is something the British were doing. And this is what the CCP is doing uh, in Xinjiang. And it's just, it's, you know, it's just unbelievable that any regime would think it has that sort of power. And what does it harken back to? I mean, it harkens back to Mao and it harkens back to Stalin, but it sure harkens back to Germany, Nazi Germany. And, and part of the reason is this too. Communism has been tremendous at killing people, but largely its own people and largely by starvation because they don't understand economics. And, and by economics, I mean basic in human incentives. But what China's able to do and what Nazi Germany's able to do, the people that they're killing um, are people they want to kill. And they are strong and powerful and economically strong. And that makes them a lot scarier. I, I you know, it dawned on me one day that, that if, uh, if Hitler had had 1.4 billion Germans, uh, World War II might have ended a lot different, a lot different. And that's just horrifying. So anyway, the, the, uh, um, I'm not sure why I started on that long uh, run. Well, that was just part of the whole Nazi. Fun. <laughs> yeah, but the, the Nazi, the, the similarities between yes, Nazi and uh, and, and Nazi, and, and, and but also with with the FBI and how they've infiltrated a company and several yes. companies likely. Yes. However, they did pay them. Okay, I'm I'm the cats. Cat's been moving my uh, camera around. Yeah, no, uh, nobody sees it, of course, because it's not on you. But as I'm talking, uh, the cat's laughing. It's like uh, it'd the, be the camera's going everywhere. It's it's it's, it's, it's embarrassing. Uh, but I can't do much about the cat. It's very hard to control a cat, especially when she has access to my office without my permission. So uh, she has her secret ways. But anyway, um, there is one major difference. I mean, right now is that. We aren't being FBI agents aren't being quartered at our homes. They're actually paying Twitter to have an influence in policy. So they're willing to spread their money around. Of course, since the government basically creates money out of nothing anyway, right. this isn't the, the huge cost it sounds like. Uh, and uh, one of the reasons that uh, Hitler was successful is that he stopped being uh, profligate and prodigal with money creation. Uh, he did, you know, he, you know, Weimar Junior, uh, excuse me, Weimar Republic was uh, out of control when he started taking over in the early days of the Nazi Party, and he turned things around. But I have to, I have to stop here now because my cat's chewing on a pair of glasses. Well, I, I'll tell you, it's uh, you kind of hate to talk about uh, Nazism and and death and destruction and World War II and and genocide and, and so on. But, uh, you know, it's the holiday season. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, happy New Year. We'll talk to you before then. But it's, but you have to talk about it because it's all, I mean, World War III is, is so much more plausible today than a year ago or two or three or four. 
and and you recognize the dysfunction in our own society that has to be addressed and and we also have to keep our eye on a world in which authoritarianism is on the march and the reason it's on the march and the same reason that those who who are scared of Donald Trump is because the alternative has just you know demolished itself has had you know if the west commits suicide you can hardly expect that freedom and justice is going to win in the world and not and not that the west is always pushing for freedom and justice but some people in the west came up with some ideas and they spread them around to people and when they talk to people who aren't in the west who are in africa or or south america or asia they went hey that's great that's kind of what i was thinking and and we have to step up for these uh and and the west wringing its hands all the time and walking on eggshells about things like freedom and human rights is not doing anybody any favors and uh in the new year we'll we'll keep pushing them yeah and i just wanted to mention my favorite little uh, bit of history uh the, the nazis were led into the american deep state after world war ii operation paperclip was a big program the number of war criminals that were prosecuted under the Nuremberg trials and, and during that period, right after World War II, was small compared to what, what the, uh, let's just say the opportunities for prosecutions was quite large. They went down from millions to thousands. So, you know, it was, it was a winnowing down of the, the number of people prosecuted. And they accepted a lot of scientists and, and uh, spies into the government. And they had an effect with our deep state. And if we wonder why our deep state is so seemingly un-American, I think it comes down partly to that fact, is that we let Nazis in. When you let Nazis in, unreformed, unreconstructed Nazis, and give them huge amounts of money, and give them lots of prerogatives within the deep state, you know, CIA, right. NSA, uh, the military industrial complex, a lot of a lot of people, you know, I mean, you know, Werner von Braun is the most famous of the Operation Paperclip award winnies, uh, winners, you know. Uh, right, but right. It shouldn't be shocking to us, but it is because it's so, it's so not freedom of speech. That's well, and, and because the idea that a lot of Nazis came in and, and of course, I, the view might be, well, they were all really fine people. It's just Nazism forced them to say they were Nazis. But, but anyway, you slice it. Um, people, the American people have never been kind of openly yeah, I mean, not that it hasn't appeared in some newspaper or something, but I'm talking about it doesn't get talked about. It doesn't get internalized. It gets pushed out uh, to where it's not in people's minds. But the other thing is, even if none of that happened, when you have secret, completely unaccountable branches of government that are, that have, you know, just huge power you're you're set up for disaster and when you discover it and you discover bad acting and nothing is really done about it then it's you know katie bar the door and i i think you know snowden's revelations i mean there was some stuff done about that sort of Rand paul pushed hard other people did rob wyden uh ron wyden uh but but I don't think that I don't think they've stopped doing anything. And I don't think the average American was offended by it. I don't think there are 20% of the people in this country that if you were to say, hey, 
you know, the government's, you know, Snowden showed they were spying on you. Are you upset about it? I, I don't know that we would get 20% who'd say yes. Or because they wouldn't, they wouldn't really understand what was the big deal. If it was a big deal, they'd be telling, they'd be hyping it like they do everything else on television. Except no, that's not how it works in our modern world. We'll see how it works next year. Of course, we have one more week before uh, New Year's. Yes, yes. We'll I, I, I sometimes forget about it because it's so white outside. I have ice outside. I, can't, I didn't even get out of the house hardly today. It's it's so, um, well, it's a white Christmas might be in my offing. Yes. Well, I'm glad. that's the, That might be the one decent part about the weather. But anyway, well, Merry Christmas and uh, and we'll uh, we'll be back. Okay. Very good.